1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you.
0: I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing
1: enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! (laughs) Or whatever movies with Wesley and I read.
0: What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host Iris and I am here with my older brother. Wesley. Today we're talking a film from 2015, The Big Short.
1: Big Short.
0: Available on and off the major streaming services. Currently not available anywhere other than Popcorn Flicks as far as I know.
1: Popcorn Flicks?
0: Yeah. Free to stream with ads.
1: Directed by a veteran auteur filmmaker known for his heavy dramas, his serious work, his Oscar contenders, the legendary Adam McKay?
0: Wait, you mean Adam McKay from Anchorman?
1: His stepbrothers? A movie you refuse to watch?
0: <laughs> Adam McKay has totally won me over recently, not only with The Big Short, but also with Succession, which is where I also um, got to enjoy more of Jeremy Strong. Oh. Of su- course, you haven't watched Succession. No,
1: Succession is great.
0: Really? You saw Succession?
1: No. No, I haven't watched Succession. I watch movies.
0: Oh. Succession is great. And Jeremy Strong is arguably about the best thing about Succession. He is definitely the best thing about The Gentleman. And... He is a real standout in the big short.
1: I don't know what words you're saying. Who is Jeremy Strong?
0: Come on.
1: I don't know this dude. Did you see the gentleman? Dude, there's Ryan Gosling, there's Steve Carell, there's Brad Brad Pitt, Pitt. there's (laughs) Marissa Tomei. So get this, more fitting for Adam McKay. This is a reunion for Big Crazy Love with Ryan Gosling, Steve Carell, and Marissa Tomei.
0: Oh, interesting. What role did uh, Marissa Tomei play in that?
1: She was the nice lady with whom Steve Carell had enough—well, aff- she, she they went out on a date after he was having wife troubles, and then uh, she got all excited but then really pissed when she found out he was married still. Oh, It was funny, trust me.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Jeremy Strong is one of the Front Point trio, but I hear what you're saying. This is a star-studded cast, and it's hard to stand out. Don't forget Academy Award-nominated Melissa Leo, you know, cameos with Margot Robbie and Anthony Bourdain, yeah. Selena Gomez— Come on.
1: I mean take it easy with Selena Gomez being a star cameo, but whatever.
0: <laughs> but the, but the interesting thing is I feel like the character actors in the Big Short also stand out. Like Vanessa Cloak, no idea what she's done, but she's the Goldman Sachs sales rep who just is great and so hateable. All of the bankers are so smarmy and, and just detestable.
1: I mean, is it a surprise, their profession? It's literally all about money. And yes, they're positioned to set up being detestable because we know pretty well whose side we're on, even though it seems unlikely that we would be on these people's sides. But the bankers are doing what bankers do. And they're like, are you sure? I mean, yeah, we'll take all your money, which everyone else concedes. Look, they're going to take the money. That's their job. They're bankers.
0: Look, this is Wall Street, Dr. Burry. If you're offering us free money, we'll take it.
1: So I know now after watching The Big Short how you felt when you watched JFK. I was like, hey, did you ever see JFK before? And you're like, Hmm, I think so. I definitely watched The Big Short. And the visuals for which it was nominated, did it win for editing?
0: Best Achievement in Film Editing nominee, but winner for Adapted Screenplay.
1: Okay. And its editing actually worked against me. I didn't remember anything about the big short. I knew I had seen it because I remember how jarring the visuals were for me, but I didn't retain anything until tattooed renter guy showed up and I was like, oh, right. He wasn't aware. I remembered a much longer montage of people finding out that their landlords were deadbeats, which is a little unclear to me. But you're going to have to captain this ship because the big short is an onslaught for me. And I'm sure the same way that JFK was for you. And I but I even despite me having seen that movie like 12 times,
0: the mortgage is in the name of my landlord's dog. I've been paying my rent, man. Wasn't
1: it like Captain Yahoo or something? What was the dog's name? Oh, man. (laughs) So this is going to be like Bubba Uh, Gump level Forrest Gump trivia for you. What was the name of the dog on the lease? In the big short.
0: I wish I could I could show up for this one, Charlie something.
1: So, like all movies, I'm gonna spoiler your review because you were like, "We got to review The Big Short." I gotta didn't say it like that, short. and I was like, "Oh man!" And I I, knew, I didn't say it like that. I knew that you were loaded, and you know what that automatically does for me? It gives me some level of apprehension going into The Big Short. And so I sat down and I treated it like a new movie. Kelly had seen it too, and she was like all prepared. Her phone was poised, and then eventually she put the phone down. But, you know, we were going to revisit it kind of lightly, and I couldn't do that. And so I paid close attention, and it started with the Scorsese-style Ryan Gosling narration. He's very much the Henry Hill character and that fourth wall stuff has a place and a time but I'm not sure how effective or at least immersive it was in the Goodfellas era. I have a real problem with the fourth wall especially for a movie that I feel is going for broke. It really wants to catch you and I think it did a lot of things for me personally to avoid catching me. Every time I would try to latch on the fourth wall would be broken and I would be kind of distracted and the visuals which were recognized as being very unique and and powerful in a way, if nothing else, kind of tore me away from the narrative <laughs> the that I was hearing. It was hard.
0: The dog on the floaty with the sunglasses is supposed to be powerful?
1: Just in general. It's an onslaught of images, and I get it. We're talking about capitalism. We're talking about the proliferation of this idea that money is the center of pretty much everything, and, and sex and hip-hop and all this stuff. It was like a music video finance movie. <laughs> <laughs> the visuals represented when I saw it the first time didn't have any bearing on the movie. And I was like, they just randomly threw up stuff, right? So when it com- when it becomes that kind of quick and clever, it feels almost like a trick, like a gimmick where they can throw up whatever they want. And it seems like it has purpose, but it's abstract art. And I remember distinctly a shot where it was something serious and they were showing a like sewage runoff in a big city, and I was waiting for that shot, and it never came. That was weird.
0: Oh, this is your Shazam moment? Yeah. Just like my last The Mohicans moment? Yep,
1: where they lingered on the shot of, like, sewage being poured into water.
0: <laughs> That's called Dark Waters. Yeah. That's the Mark Ruffalo movie.
1: And in a way, they pulled back many, many layers of very deeply entrenched corruption. Maybe not even necessary. well, I guess they were illegal, but you have to be very much in the know. And only someone who with his eyes open, kind of on the periphery, and who maybe is a little bit crazy, can pull what the big short does, right? I mean, Burry—he's not a very—he's not a likely protagonist. And in fact, he rages around his office. I'm sure I can think of another movie where this happens, where he's kind of in his bubble and doesn't interact with anyone else, any of the other well, main. characters. Christian
0: cast. Bale, the archetypal misanthrope. Yes, I get it. Big Short could have gone wrong in many, many ways, and maybe it did for you. But like JFK, which I think is an interesting comparison, uh, you don't have to understand the machinations of Wall Street to enjoy it.
1: Boy, I hope not. (laughs)
0: <laughs> because you didn't understand.
1: Look, it was it was a lot to process. And they carried me along a lot of the times like a dum-dum. Like they were like, here's what you need to understand. And I'm talking directly to you. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I know you're judging me. But here's how you can not feel stupid.
0: And then you felt stupid? Well, Yes. It's, but like JFK, it's intended to confound you. Wall Street's vernacular is intended to keep you on the outside.
1: I suppose so. Because in that way, it was unmemorable before I watched it, didn't think much about it, except how kind of frustrating some of the visuals were, maybe because it made me feel dumb. And uh, and so I didn't remember anything about it because I couldn't latch on to visuals. And yet, to be fair, this movie doesn't try to carry us at all. It's not concerned about whether or not you get every nuance about the CFOs, CDOs, CDCs, and ABCs. Margot Robbie, you brought up. Is-
0: Collateralized debt obligation.
1: Yep. Margot Robbie is a really good example of what you're talking about because in an attempt to simplify, to dumb it down, to explain it, we get sexy, flashy Margot Robbie with champagne in a bubble bath, which originally, by the way, was scripted as Scarlett Johansson under a waterfall. <laughs> in a way the little flash of her explaining stuff doesn't really help for a lar- as a larger picture the Big Short also gives us flashy, distracting stuff while it's trying to explain stuff, and you're distracted.
0: Well, <laughs> it doesn't help that Mark Arabi sums up a CDO as shit on shit.
1: Sure, but... Do you
0: really need to know much more than that CDO bad?
1: Not by the end of the movie, but at the top, I felt like I should have been taking notes, not for the review, but just so I could keep up.
0: But that's my point. It's not essential to being able to enjoy the movie, being able to let the, wash, the movie wash over you. Do you think Margot Robbie is hot?
1: I know blah, 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 hottest lady ever and all that stuff. Not so much for me. For me personally, she's very severe looking. And for Harley Quinn and that kind of stuff, I think she's really well suited because she looks slightly insane. Nobody can say that Margot Robbie is an ugly lady by any stretch of the imagination. She's a little bit hard for me.
0: Her beauty seems dated to me. But when Brian kind of sauntered in during the bubble bath scene, I was like, do you think she's hot? And he's like, yeah like zero hesitation objectively beautiful and i just don't see it
1: to to criticize margot robbie's looks is insane. Jim Carrey caught some flack a little while ago because she talked about how, you know, she was on uh, Graham Norton or something, and she talked about her sort of rise to fame. She wasn't saying, oh, I had a meteoric rise to fame. But she has been nominated for a bunch of stuff and is well regarded in the industry. She's also a producer. And Jim Carrey turned and said, and and all that with your obvious physical disadvantages. And he got some flack because (laughs) it was to imply that maybe her looks had gotten her to a place or it was sexually harassing and a little bit creepy but also it's just kind of a given her looks and so she goes the brad pitt route and she kind of uglies herself up and does i Tonya and doesn't trade so heavily on her looks
0: yeah i tanya the bad example of breaking the fourth wall and the brad pitt route in the sense that she's producing films she produced promising young woman which also features our favorite douchebag
1: who's our favorite douchebag
0: <laughs> the douchebag in promising young woman The douche who's at the other douche's side when he's handcuffed to the bed. The one who's like, it's all right, man. It's okay. Like, I'm your bro. Uh, That douchebag is our favorite mortgage broker in the big short. The one who replies to, can you get us some strippers? He goes, yeah. Yeah. He was one. Of, he was a bartender, and now he's now he's got a boat.
1: Oh yeah, the guy with the boat. You yeah, know, he was definitely a douchebag. Those guys were douchebags. It seemed obvious to me that they were gloating, but Steve Carell's character couldn't get around it—the idea that they were confessing to what he considered to be heinous crimes, but were actually gloating. I guess that in a way that was my that epitomized my sort of removal from The Big Short, in that I am a complete outsider. The Big Short. Hangover in Suits. We talked about bro movies and movie, dude movies. And I think that The Big Short is a dude movie for sure. I mean, there are like two, three female characters and they never speak to each other. But it avoids the trappings of movies like Goodfellas, where everyone cares about money. There's no misogyny. There's no The Wolf of Wall Street was pretty salacious. Big Short keeps it pretty focused and tasteful. And, and there's not posturing without reason. They at one point they all go whoa, or they all go e, or whatever. But it's never because they're flexing; they're all justified goes, in doing it. Who goes whoa and who goes e? Christian Bale does his heavy metal barefoot in the office, going yeah, kind of thing, and he totally dudes out. And then Ryan Gosling in the bathroom does his e scene where you said he has to do that in every movie. And when he did it, I was like, there it is. <laughs>
0: I'm jacked. No, he's in the gym.
1: I'm no, jacked to jack, the jacked to jack. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Big Short is a quintessential washer. Washer? No, it, you say that it all comes out in the wash and you're supposed to understand it. And when I, when I treated it as a washer, I got nothing from it. And so I sat down and I was like, Iris is going to come at me hard. And I sat, I bared down and I tried not to miss anything. And I think it's essential. Because you don't know that all the terminology is not going to come back to bite you. Why would they put it on screen? Why would they put it in a lower third or explain it? I was like, is the testicle thing going to come to bear later? Because they gave it a diagram.
0: It's just one of those comic relief moments that gives you a break from the onslaught of the financial verbiage.
1: I'm saying you just don't know.
0: What's it called? What's the testicle on the testicle?
1: The medulla oblongata.
0: (laughs) Isn't that what dudes talk about, though? You know, their latest visit to the prostate doctor?
1: Maybe, but it's not why. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with the testicles. Good job, though, on you on male anatomy. But it's also (laughs) not quite as clever. I mean, everybody's sharp in this movie, right?
0: But it's not intended to be clever. It's intended to be authentic. The Wall Street talk is authentic. The dude talk is authentic. The burrowing down is what dudes do, at least I think.
1: I mean, money is power, right? And dudes love power.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that is our central character's motivations, but there's a certain level of that. I mean, what our central characters have in common is they want to stick it to the man while acknowledging that they are part of the man. They are part of the machine. They are men. And I admit that part of my love for the big short has to do with burrowing down with my dudes, like in The Hangover. I like The front point camaraderie where they can talk about whatever they're talking about and they can be dicks to each other and it doesn't stick because they have an understanding that they're in it together, right? They're united under Mark Baum's vision and they're their little merry band of Wall Street pirates.
1: They're separate but parallel little bands of pirates.
0: And then when they all come together, when Jared Vennett when he when he comes to you know pitch his idea to them, that's definitely my favorite scene. Ryan Gosling's just electric, and Steve Carell is so, <laughs> he's so perfect in his inability to understand it. I mean, he's Steve Carell is consistently resistant to the ideas that are being bandied about in this film. And he, he doesn't accept anything at face value, not even Jared Bennett's Quan. I mean, you definitely cringe for the uh, Chinese math champion, right?
1: Yeah, Quan, he, in a way, he was better unspoken. If he had just stood there, maybe it would have been a little bit more racist, but also it was distracting. To hear him talk.
0: He's like, he's my quant. He, oh, it's so, and then Steve Carell's like, oh, that's a little bit racist. This movie is all about absurdity and scandal and our extreme tolerance for it. It's so bizarre. And in the big short, it's in your face. It doesn't mean that they're glorifying it or that you should like it. It exposes the absurdity and the scandalous nature of our financial system in very grave ways. But it does it in a way where you feel like you can be a part of the resistance.
1: I don't think we were meant to like Bennett, Ryan Gosling's character. He even said as much. Steve Carell is one sad dude. He's happy when he's sad. Christian Bale is nuts. And so he's in a weir- this weird position where he's all sweaty and gross, yet he has total autonomy over a billion dollars worth of liquidity only for people to then come at him and get mad for being autonomous with a billion dollars of liquidity.
0: Do not throw our inception agreement in my face, Michael. Spoken by Henry Ford.
1: Henry Ford, who was also his benefactor-turned-nemesis, Tracy Letts in Ford versus Ferrari, which is weird. But you're not supposed to like Bennett. You're not supposed to like Steve Carell's character. He's pretty miserable and one of the few people who needs it constantly explained. And I think that Ben plays a very vital role. Ben Rickard helped get those guys their ISDA and at the big table. How did he get the ISDA? The Isda? Isda.
0: <laughs> from his connection, from his connections from back in his Wall Street oh, days. Oh, the
1: connections. He knows a dude, I'll call a dude. Yeah. But he shuts it down. When they are yay and when they are dude and when they are posturing in Vegas, he's like, don't dance. And he really brings it home. He talks about how many people are going to lose their jobs. The fact that 40,000 people are going to die for every percentage point of unemployment, really hard and in your face stuff. And on the one hand, you had the Wolf of Wall Street posturing and the, and all the excitement and the buzzing electricity and energy of being on the front line, of being totally incognito with this giant, with this football of atomic power and nobody could stop you. You can see the world heading toward destruction. They all could, and at times they reveled in it until Ben Rickert brings them back down. And Steve Carell and Baum consistently was not having a good time. But Baum wasn't there to make anybody feel fuzzy. He saw it, couldn't believe it, was gonna benefit from it, but so reluctantly, and was this movie's conscience. He was miserable just watching the world go up in flames.
0: Yeah, he's really the only one who has a conscience in this film. And because of that, he's a really important manifestation of it. But um, that doesn't make the other characters unlikable.
1: No, I'm not saying that at all.
0: I mean, they're all pretty justified in their positions. Ben Rickards kind of beyond he's like the enlightened conscience, like he doesn't even he doesn't have a conscience anymore, but he is not ignorant of what's happening. He might be off grid and peeing in his soil and raising his own vegetables and stuff.
1: Ammonium nitrate, dude.
0: <laughs> but he he can't deny where he's come from, and in his little ruse with the, or in his little plan with Brownfield Capital, he. Brown hole. In the in real life, it was called Cornwall, which Cornhole. you can see. <laughs> you can see the uh, the parallel. He is fully aware that he's biting the hand that fed him for many years, and probably takes some pleasure in it.
1: Yeah, with gusto in the same way that he was in a very inverse way. He was the Justin Timberlake role in the social network. He had found success, but Ben Bitten was over it and from the periphery aided in the in his uh, sort of convoluted revenge plot.
0: Whereas Ryan Gosling, to use bombs words, is so transparent that you kind of almost like him because he's not pretending that he is something other than the Wall Street shark that he is.
1: And it's because his wasn't a con. He was just at the forefront.
0: Yes. He was Chicken Little.
1: Exactly. He was, and what else did they call him? Bubble Boy. Bubble oh, boy. And he was the one who didn't have real problems because his job was to suss out things like this. And when he did, he felt validated and justified. And so he didn't have the moral dilemma that that bomb had. Pearl. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Steve Crow character who it was like he was being notified that a comet was on the way and that he had access to maybe the only bunker. But he was still horrified at everything he heard. And everyone other than Venet sort of had hopelessness about this because as much as it was sad and energizing, it was scary. And I wasn't even in a position to be pinched by the crisis. Like if you have no money, what's the housing market crash going to do to you? And these dudes had all the money. And even though they thought that they were above the fray and that they were in this enlightened position, still no one gets away clean. They were all tied in the end to the financial institutions that were going under. And they needed to choose the opportune moment to leap off the Titanic and into the frigid water.
0: Except for maybe Michael Burry, who was responsible for a lot of rich people's money, but not beholden to a bank or a major financial institution and was, you know, spectrum enough to see it as the opportunity that he was myopically focused to find.
1: Between the three main leads, they ran the gamut, the entire spectrum of the representatives of people in the money market in this Wall Street world where we can see how they would be affected. By this knowledge how they would wield this power bomb he was transparent in that he was going to people and basically being like hey stripper who owns six houses in a condo you know this is bad right <laughs> and it's not like he was trying to keep the secret hey moodings rating agency lady you recognize that this is fraudulent right and that transparency kept them above the level of reproach they weren't bad guys they were also money strategists who were ahead of the game enough to avoid the crash And by avoid, I mean profit hugely, albeit reluctantly to see Steve Carell overlooking the park, taking a moment's hesitation where homeboy on the other end is decidedly anxious
0: from his Madison Avenue Garden Terrace.
1: Yes. I I mean, there's no imposed morality where we got to help these people. He wasn't Oscar Schindler. He knew that he was profiting it's like you, the, when the Titanic sinks, you grab the random trunk that you think you can hang on to that'll help you float, and you find out that it has the jewel of the sea or whatever in it.
0: So let's talk about what you loved about the Big Short.
1: Well, I'll tell you what I hated about the Big Short. Come on. That fourth wall breaking, consistently terrible. We'll call it the fourth wall street.
0: Of the fourth wall breaking, I think the Big Short uses it in a way that's tasteful, intentional, and story appropriate.
1: Maybe all those things to justify, but it never made the movie better.
0: That's not a slight on Bay Short. That is you simply not liking that device You're across the board. You're
1: raising your
0: voice. I told myself I wasn't going to get all, yeah. all sensitive and touchy yeah. like I did in the Hangover Take review. Take it easy. But I'm saying, name a single movie where you like where that device is employed.
1: Well, the most obvious, I think, was Goodfellas, and it helped to explain a lot of things.
0: But you were complaining about it.
1: This was handled much better, as though he was talking to the camera while facing Balm and then turning and continuing that conversation. It was much better executed. I'm not sure how effective it was narratively. I understand what we're trying to do. I understand that this movie is extremely self-aware. I understand that even though we may be slightly jarred and confused by the visuals that were chosen, it wasn't contrary to purpose. It wasn't a hustle or a cheat. It was just a very in-your-face method that I resisted on some level because I was caught up in the emotionality of the whole world going to hell. And a couple people who were victorious in surviving doesn't mean that they weren't
0: a part of the problem.
1: I mean, I get you can say that all the Wall Street people were a part of the problem and part of the corruption, but Baum definitely wasn't. He was part of the institution that created the problem. And once he ran all the fact checks, he understood the enormity of the problem, and I'm sure ended up very much like the Ben Rickert character where he's in Central Park West or whatever, but also feeling pretty bad about it. The douchebags selling stocks and approving every CDBCD were reprehensible, but everyone else who was mature and measured had a better response and an appropriate emotional response, knowing that it was all going down the tubes. I don't really know, man. I I was just trying to keep up. Just like Todd Phillips in The Joker, You Expect... A certain thing when he comes from this comedy background, Adam McKay, I never would have expected this. And Adam McKay came at least with a rounded perspective. He wasn't the old Hans Scorsese doing this kind of movie where you expect a certain thing, because I didn't expect the level of accountability and sadness, hopelessness that a lot of these characters felt, even though it was the financial boon of their lifetime. And to see how much weight they gave the crash and how it would affect not just them, but everyone around them was meaningful.
0: Well, it doesn't simplify the moral quandary or the the emotional responses to it. It digs into them and it uses cinematic techniques really effectively to keep you feeling unsettled, off balance. And some of them are more in your face than others. But when you take the devices collectively, you can see how the jump cuts and the absurd stock footage and the fourth wall breaking and the moving camera and all of these things work really well. It's a master class in casting where the leads down to the smallest cameos are really well cast and the performances are, are really compellingly delivered. Even if it's just one meeting in a Wall Street boardroom or one encounter at a club, these characters are, are really great. From Melissa Leo in her weird closet office. And her blue blockers, running one of the biggest, you know, ratings agencies on Wall Street, like working from a broom closet. I mean, the casting's great, the execution is great, they take a really hard subject matter and they make it into compelling story. I mean, hats off to the filmmakers from me for the big short. But what it comes down to for me is I like hanging out with these people. And that probably says more about me than oh, anything man. else.
1: <laughs> bit like the hangover, man. You got to question that.
0: It's like the hangover. And, and there are definite similarities. And I don't and maybe there just aren't a lot of there aren't movies where women do this. But I like when people are hanging out with each other and they're being real with each other because there's a basis of understanding that they are in something together and therefore can kind of say and do whatever they want, like not in an immoral sense, but like you can speak freely you can just be yourselves, and you can be, you know, in your element, being yourself.
1: Man, the big short, the Melissa Leo of financial movies. What does that mean? <laughs> she's so great. She's great, and but she's also buried in the sunglasses, and you don't understand what's happening. I was like, this lady is weird. Holy crap, that was Melissa Leo. She's
0: like this great Odyssean character. She's like the blonde, She's like the Cyclops in the den, in the cave. <laughs> And she she like shows, and, and yet she sees so much like she's bumbling and she seems dumb and she seems like she's being pushed around. But you realize like she knows what's going on. She knows exactly what Mark Baum is doing. And she sees and acknowledges that there's something in this for him too. That he can't pretend is not there. Like she, she serves the purpose of revealing to us, in a way that we don't get from his character and his dudes at front point, that like he, there's significant upside to this for him.
1: Adam McKay's The Big Short, the Homer's Odyssey of Wall Street movies.
0: I didn't even watch The Big Short for this review, but I've watched it many times. I've read the book by michael lewis i mean i'm not pretending i don't love this movie
1: well let's see what's your what's your official rating for the big short
0: i give the big short a totally
1: a total no wait (laughs) you can't give you can't that's my rating so you're saying the big short (laughs) is good yes so it all comes out in the wash but i did get a little bit lost when it was time to sell the shorts i had a real problem with the fourth wall breaking i think it was the biggest detriment to this movie Particularly when you turn to us and say, the thing we just showed you in the movie, it didn't happen that way. Why would you need to tell us that it didn't happen this way? It devalued the moment that we just saw. And I get it that this movie is self-aware. It's trying to be honest, even in its deception. They weren't telling everybody. They weren't running around screaming from the rooftops that the crash was happening. But they, weren't, they were pretty transparent, too, about their concern about it. I was hugely resistant after seeing it the first time and having it pass me by knowing that you have a, an abiding love for this movie. And so in really focusing on it, I felt like I had intercepted a wrong number and that all of a sudden I was pulled into this world that I knew nothing about. And I had to go through the checks that Baum did continually all throughout the movie where he was never sure about what he was doing. He was never entirely sure until he did the mic drop at the presentation and was like, boom, because it all collapsed exactly when he said he was going to. I was prepared to be really annoyed and to defend myself and have you get all defensive about the big short. And despite these shortcomings, when it boils down to it, I was carried away, swept away emotionally. I was sad. I was happy. I was angry. I was jubilant. I was scared and frustrated. And those were the best kinds of movies. And I didn't expect that. So for a big short, which came out of left field, and it's not like I didn't see this movie coming because I had seen it before. I had never seen it like this before. And I'm going to give the big short a totally rating.
0: Shut up. Why were you hating the whole time? Just to get me
1: worked up? This movie has problems, just like JFK does, but it really carries you along in unexpected ways. And I was like, wow, I really like that movie.
0: Yeah, because it's good.
1: It's hugely ambitious in what it's trying to do. Personally for me, I mean people like a lot of stuff that I'm I'm like, I don't understand the the appeal or whatever, but I get it. I think I get it. There's a lot to be scared about, but it's not necessarily because of the execution of this film. It's scary content and in that way exhilarating.
0: Wes gives the big short a totally a totally from iris that's our review on the big short thank you patreon patrons thank you for subscribing to our podcast and for following us on instagram and twitter at or whatever movies let us know what you think 818-835-0473 or whatever movies at gmail.com we love to hear from you thank you for listening and we'll see you next time
1: hey there i'm dc i host the rock podcast back to the arena the interviews it's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric acid. Electric acid.
0: Welcome to the Candle Power Hour.